Thanks for tuning into the XL Legal Podcast, an interview-based podcast for lawyers devoted to practice excellence and wellness tips. I'm your host, Shelley Appleby-Ostroff, legal talent development consultant, writing coach, and former practicing lawyer. And I'm so happy you're here. Today, I'm super excited to welcome Deborah Gladder back to the podcast. The last time Deborah and I spoke was two years ago. Then we talked about virtual meetings and feedback conversations. Today, our topic is delegation. Welcome back to the XL Legal Podcast, Deborah. Hi, Shelley. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me back. Well, thanks so much for being here. How about getting us started by introducing yourself? Sure. I started my career as a litigator. I I was a litigator for about 10 years. And then I defaulted to what I really wanted to do in life, which is teaching. So I went to the Law Society in the Department of Education, spent about five years there, and then was fortunate enough to move to one of the national law firms uh, as the Director of Professional Development. And I was there for just under 20 years. And about three years ago, maybe four now, I put out my shingle as a management and training consultant and uh, been enjoying that ever since. Fantastic. It seems like a natural progression. It it felt like I found my true calling. It took a bit, but uh, I finally got there. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful to hear. I work with a lot of lawyers who are busy and want tips on you know, productivity. How can I be more productive and how can I do more in less time? And I often bring up the topic of delegation. And the response I get is really funny. Most lawyers will say, yeah, 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 I, I know I should delegate more, but they don't. Any yeah. thoughts on why that is? Well, there are a few reasons. You know, the first thing that pops to mind is... It hits them that they ought to be delegating when they're in the eye of the storm. And that's the worst time to delegate. You can't really give good instruction. um, And delegation is really a form of training. If the file is collapsing around you, you've got a limitation period looming, uh, a deadline to get something filed. It's the worst possible time to delegate. Um, And so... They don't because they say it's just quicker to do it myself. And in those circumstances, I tend to agree, Mm -hmm. Um, especially since if that's the time you're choosing to delegate, the chances of you doing a good job are really slim. Um, And then, you know, if you've got a history of that's when you do your delegation, um, you're probably going to get back work that is subpar. And you're going to think, you know, know, I should have just done it myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the trick here for lawyers is to think of delegation as training, which is what um, we as professionals yearn for. We all want to feel like we are accelerating our careers by, by learning every day. So if you can delegate and I'm talking about more complex assignments, if you can delegate at a point in time when you actually have time to do it yourself, train your people then, you're going to find that when you do hit that inevitable eye of the storm, you're going to be able to pass the work off to someone who knows how to do it because it's been a conversation. 
you've had an opportunity to look at their first draft of whatever it is, give comment, and it's back and forth. The individual to whom you're delegating knows that you're in a relaxed frame of mind and will come to you. I mean, the other problem with delegation when you're just running, you know, like crazy is the people to whom you delegate are very aware of the fact that you're super busy and they just want to, they'll just try to figure it out on their own, which is not always the best idea, as opposed to, I'm using air quotation marks here, bothering you. That's what I hear a lot. I don't want to bother her. And so they go down a path which might be the wrong path and, you know, a subpar product is is what you get. So I think the key is train your people when things are calm and you've got an opportunity for a conversation about how to do it, that you're accessible versus a dump and run, hmm. and they know you're accessible. And then you're going to find that the work product exactly meets your needs. I love that. I've never heard of delegation as a you know a type of training, and that really just completely changes things. If we can get that word out, I bet that so many more lawyers would be on board earlier because we all recognize the benefit of training associates and students um, and also ourselves. Mm. So I really love that idea. I'm wondering too, of maybe thinking about, well, why is delegation important? Would that be something that might sort of help inspire lawyers to do it more often? I think you're spot on, Shelley. Um, we've all had those tasks on our desk that we have uh, put off and put off because it's not challenging. It's it, To us, as more senior practitioners, it's mundane work. And that's the kind of stuff that drags you down. <laughs> there it is on the corner of your desk again. And you're feeling guilty. You really ought to get to it but you're not because it's a mundane task. It's drafting a release or an affidavit of documents or due diligence. You've done it before. There's no challenge in it for you. And it's just slowing down the progression of the file. So if you can train somebody to do those tasks, which are now uh, mundane and cause you to procrastinate, that feels so good to move it off your desk. And for the people who are uh, receiving that assignment, for them, it doesn't hold that same kind of mind-numbing, soul-destroying uh, feeling that, that it has for you. So um, it's a good way to move uh, mundane things off your desk, get the file turned around faster. Um, and also, it's very motivating for your people, and, and I, I referenced this uh, a few minutes ago, to uh, be given new assignments and to learn. And so I think it also becomes a retention issue. Hmm. Um, I've had associates historically who are headhunted by other firms and perhaps offered a signing bonus or an increase in salary. 
and have them turn it down because they'll say, well, I work with so-and-so who spends a lot of time training me and Mm -hmm. helping me and supporting me. And I know um, I will go farther professionally under his or her tutelage. So I think it's also a retention issue. I read an article not too long ago that one of the most frustrating things for employees, this is not just lawyers, but knowledge workers generally, is receiving poor instructions. That That's one of their uh, most frustrating um, aspects of work. So if you can become somebody who gives good, clear instructions, then um, that's going to relieve a lot of frustration for your people and also be a learning opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So important. So important. Yeah. And I wonder if you can break that down. Like if you were giving somebody um, or you're delegating a task, is there sort of a, I don't know, a checklist of Mm -hmm. the way to give instructions? What types of things should you be telling them? Okay. So I'm going to answer that by giving you an example. It's me talking to, let's say, an articling student or a first-year associate, and I say to the person, please go through the affidavit of documents in the widget company file. Find the ones uh, with references to the PPSA, print hard copies, put them on my desk, uh, put them in order, but you don't need to Sherlock's bind them. So, Shelley, I think that's the kind of typical instructions, delegation that people give. And that was terrible. Uh, For the folks listening, I hope you were able to pick up on um, all the ways that could have been improved and think about how you give instructions. Um, So, first of all, I didn't ask the person, well, I didn't say when it was due. So, that's a problem. Um, you know, I just, and I know you did too, I just read Ann Gomez's new book yeah. and, and, and she talks about how deadlines are really important for productivity, that if somebody gives you a task and they don't give you a deadline, ask for one, um, because things just tend to lie fallow otherwise. So I didn't give the student in that example um, a deadline. So now the person doesn't know when it's due. And if I did give a deadline, say I needed it tomorrow or you know two days from now, I probably should have started with student, uh, I want you to do a task for me. It's an affidavit of documents. It's I need it in the next couple of days. Do you have time? Because often uh, a student or a junior uh, lawyer doesn't feel they can say no. And so they'll take it on. And I haven't assured myself that they have enough time to do a good job. And they'll take it on. And what I get back again is going to be subpar because they were stretched too thin. Mm -hmm. So I didn't give a deadline. Um, I didn't ask if they had time to do it. Um, I used um, uh, PPSA. Does the individual know what that is? We tend to use acronyms, legal words and phrases, and we don't check with the person to, did you take commercial law? 
Um, have you worked with the PPSA before? And then I, I, I told the individual to put the hard copies on my desk and put them in order. Well, chronological, by date of registration. And I gave instructions in the negative. Don't Sirlocks bind them. Well, how did I want it then? Mm-hmm. So, you know, pretty well everything that fell out of my mouth there was wrong. And, <laughs> you know, but I think, you know, to your listeners, it probably sounded very familiar. That we know in our heads what we mean, but we, we're not so good about the details. Right. And I'm thinking of being the per- the recipient of those instructions. And at first, I'm kind of going, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. It sort of makes sense to me. Uh, and then walking away and scratching my head and, you know, being nervous to go back and ask for clarification because I, you know, spent the whole meeting looking like I knew <laughs> what, <laughs> you know, what you were talking about. Um, and maybe I don't even know what an affidavit of documents is. Well, that's right. Too. Good point. <laughs> You know, and maybe would it have been helpful if I said, uh, you know, there's one in the Schmageggy file, right. take a look at that. And the relevant rule is, and have you done one before? Right. There wasn't a conversation here. It was very, very top down. Yeah. But actually on that point of you know, providing them with a precedent or indicating where in the rules they should look, like. What what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I get the sense that there's sort of this line between spoon feeding and providing sort of helpful guidance. Yeah, I don't think that is spoon feeding. I think to the extent you can be as specific, helpful as possible, the recipient of your instructions is going to be very grateful. Uh, enjoy working with you that much more. And in a day and age where all clients, as far as I can tell, are very fee sensitive, the turnaround time is going to be better. And if you think of it from a very selfish perspective, you're not going to have to redo this. Hmm. This you know mundane task, if you give good instructions, if you delegate properly, is going to come back needing very little editing. And you're going to have successfully moved the product off your desk to somebody else's, uh, probably at a better hourly rate than yours, and getting it out the door that much quicker. So, you know, I think you can think of it uh, in a very selfish way that the more information, the more, if you, know, you want to use the, the word you know, molly coddling, I do, the, the, the better the chances that I'm going to get a finished product that's suitable to go out the door. And also next time you have something similar, you're not going to have to maybe not give as explicit instructions or, you know, you'll have a sense of what that particular associate or student uh, knows and is capable of. And so the process can be shortened, I imagine. For sure. For sure. You know, and again, Hopefully, you've done it at a point in time where you're not run off your feet and the person will come back to you saying, all right, here's where I've, what I've done with the first part. How's that looking? And, and that's another thing, Shelley, um, on that point, that if you know that this is the first time the person has done this kind of task or you know or, or you have not worked with the individual before at all, 
don't give them the task and call it a day and expect in a week's time you're going to get a, a good solid finished product. You need to do an interim check-in. And again, that's going to help move the project along because again, back to Anne's book about get the importance of giving a deadline that we're so much more productive when there is a deadline. So if you say, all right, off you go with this um, end product due in two weeks, I want you to circle back to me in a week and show me what you've got so far. Because that gives you ample time to do a course correction. You know, I'm thinking about a time years ago at my old shop where uh, a partner came to me very disgruntled with um, a student who had done research and the student had spent an inordinate amount of time on uh, the research and the research in the end did not give the partner the results she wanted. She had asked the student to go away and find a case that said X. She was pretty sure there was a case out there that said X. The student, figuring, well, this is a partner, they know everything, keeps digging and digging and digging and running up fees on the file and running up fees on the file. All the student could come up with were cases that said the opposite to what the partner wanted. And so the partner comes to me saying, like, what am I supposed to do with these fees? I can't charge the client this. And, you know, how could the student have gone so far off the rails? And I said, you know, he thinks you're a partner and you know everything. <laughs> if, if, if you said to him, I think there's a case out there that said X, go find it for me. He's thinking, gee, I'm not very good at research. I can't find that case. I better keep digging, digging, digging. And so the the research comes back late. It's not what the partner hoped for. And the fees had to be written off. Um, so the partner would have been so much better by saying to the student, you know, can you come back to me in a couple of days and show me what you've got so far? And then we'll take it from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. The idea of just checking in and also sort of shows that it's a collaborative project, right? It's not like you're just abdicating responsibility yeah. to somebody else. <laughs> Which is exactly, Shelley, what delegation often is. You know, if people think that you can dump and run and that's delegation, they're going to be very disappointed with the end product. The, the mm-hmm. fees are going to be higher. The quality of the work isn't going to be as high. Back to what you said, it, it's a, it should be collaborative. You know, in that instance, the student could have come back to the partner and said, "Look, you know, I here here are the here's where I've done the research. I, I've only found these three cases that say the opposite." At which point, the partner would have yelled, "Stop! I was mistaken." <laughs> I'll give me those three cases. I'll take it to the client and let them know that the result they wanted isn't, you know, possible. And we're good. Thank you very much. And that partner would have used the student again and been a fan as opposed to walking into my office with a head of steam saying, you know, where do you find these incompetent students? (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the other point is when there's a delegation has failed. And now I'm using air quotes. um, We blame everybody but ourselves. Mm. Well, you know, and it's 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 understandable because it's very clear in our heads what it is we we want. And we think 
that we, and, and this is everybody and it's completely human. And we think we've given all the information we need to get the job done, which is why I always made a habit, and you have to be careful with this because it, it can sound condescending, to say to the person after you've given the instructions, assuming that you're giving the instructions uh, orally, which I am suggesting you do, and I'll get to that in a moment, um, can you read back to me, because hopefully they're taking notes, um, can you read back to me what you've got there? Uh, because, and then add in, because I think I might have missed something or I want to make sure I've explained this correctly. And as the person is reading it back, very often, and I'm speaking from personal experience here, I'll go, oh, oh, you know what? I didn't tell you that needs to be done by Thursday and here's why. And then, you know, as they go on, being able to say, oh, and when I said uh, put them in order, I meant by date of registration. I know you'd probably think it would be chronological, but in this particular matter, it needs to be in by date of registration. So when you hear back the instructions you've given, and again, if you're in the eye of the storm, you don't have the 30 seconds for that or the patience for it. So um, again, when you're calm, that's when you give instructions. And Better to do it verbal orally because Shelly, uh, again, you, you nailed it when it, you said it's collaborative mm-hmm. and it's not collaborative if you send off an email, you know, for, 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 you know, the simple things. Yes. For something drop dead, simple person's done it before. Fine. And bearing in mind what's simple to you may not be simple to a junior lawyer or a clerk or, or your legal assistant. Um, but the best thing to do if you're um, in an instance, say, where you're, you're working remotely, get on Zoom. It's faster to, you know, we speak faster than we write and uh, say, all right, student, here's what I want you to do. Um, you're writing that down. Good. All right. Now read it back. I need to make sure I didn't miss anything. And also that'll give you an opportunity at, to ask me questions as you're reading it back, because hopefully the student or the um, associate will say to you, okay, now when do you need that by? Oh, right. I forgot to tell you. Mm-hmm. And and don't say no hurry or no rush, because it will go to the bottom of the pile. And a couple of weeks from now, you're going to say, I said no rush, but really? I'm mm-hmm. still waiting. So yeah. pick a date. Yeah. And on that point, it just like that hit me, um, just going back way back to when, um, you know, I was a junior, when someone would delegate a task or ask me to do something or tell me to do something back in the day, that was more like it. Um, it would be, oh, and it's, it's urgent, right? Like get the mm-hmm. sense of urgency. And mm-hmm. then I would get it done and it would sit and sit oh, and sit. God. And not hear back. And then, you know, find out later that, well, you know, either something changed, so it was no longer urgent, or it never really was urgent in the first place. It's just it was urgent for that person because they wanted to get it off their plate for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's, uh, uh, maddening, as is the case. And boy, this happens more often than it should. And I'm sympathetic to lawyers who have left something on the corner of their desk. And now it's Friday and it's due Monday or, you know, it's due tomorrow. And they realize, oh, yeah, okay. 
junior associate, come here. <laughs> and you've just ruined that person's weekend or caused them to stay up till midnight to get it done. Now, we're, we're only human. So that is going to happen to all of us from time to time. I get that. The problem is if, it, if you do it regularly, that's, boy, you're making an enemy. And second, if it does inevitably happen, as it has for all of us at one point or another in our careers, you need to apologize. Mm. You need to say, I'm really sorry. This was sitting on my desk for the last week. I just realized it's here and it, this thing's due Monday. And I'm so sorry, but here you go. Yeah, I mean, that's just being human, right? And yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I just, you know, love the way we're starting to talk about delegation and that it is very much this opportunity to learn and to grow for both parties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just for lawyers to be thinking about how they're delegating, how they are asking someone to assist them on a particular task, like that requires them to, you know, think about it a little bit rather than that mm-hmm. knee-jerk reaction. And mm-hmm. You know, particularly giving yourself, you know, enough time when you're not in the eye of the storm because nobody is operating at their best in uh, in those cases. So I, I really love um, that idea. And I'm just wondering, too, from, you know, your perspective as a, a person delegating, should you be thinking about who you delegate to? Like, is that something that should factor into the, the decision as well? Sure. Um, always with the client needs um, at top of mind. So it makes sense to delegate the task to the person who's most competent to handle it at the lowest hourly rate. Right. So, um, you know, it doesn't work if you're delegating it to a student and it's really beyond the, the ken of the student because then they're going to be spinning their wheels and for the 10 hours that they spent, say, on a piece of research, had it gone to a second-year associate, that second-year associate could have turned it around in an hour. So I think fee sensitivity and competence are linked inextricably there. So I do think that has to be top of mind um, and also time efficiency because clients want matters turned around as quickly as possible. You want to be as uh, time efficient as you can be in pushing the file forward. And uh, so who can get it done the quickest and competently, which is yeah. probably the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And that makes really good sense. And and also sort of got me thinking, too, of some lawyers' uh, response to that question of, well, why aren't you delegating more? Well, the, you know, the client wants me to do it. Well, I don't know how often, I mean, I'm sure that happens. The clients are very specific and saying, you know, I want you and only you on this. But I wonder if um, that's something as delegators, uh, we could revisit and say, hmm, does the client really need me to be doing it, wanting me to be doing it? And then, you know, all the other things that you said can come into play a little bit earlier. I don't know. Is that something you've you've thought about or you've heard people say? Yes. And, but what I've seen more frequently is a client saying, for whatever reason, 
I don't like seeing that many timekeepers on my file. Mm. Um, it, they may, I, I, it may be that they feel that it creates a situation where your people need to learn the file uh, before, and they're paying for that. I don't know, but um, I have seen instances where there is pushback from the client on the issue of the client wants me and me alone to do it. Okay. But if I'm that lawyer, I think I would push back to the client and say, you know, my hourly rate is X (laughs) and I've got a very competent associate here who can do the same thing in half the time um, or, or at half the fee. And because we're working contemporaneously on the file, we can get the file done more quickly because there is um, an, an, an upper limit to what any one person can do. So the client has to understand that if you are doing it all, it's going to take longer. I think the client needs some assurance that by pushing it down to whomever you're pushing it down to, that person expending more time than it might take you um, because of their lower fee, it's not going to cost the, the, the client more. So I, I think you've got to, to address the fee sensitivity. I think you've got to push it as the person's competent. And also there's an upper limit to what I can do as one person. And so how quickly do you want this done? Yeah, really good point. It's really good points. And I'm wanting to, from the perspective of the person being delegated to, are there any sort of tips on how to be a, a good sort of, I don't know, would you call it a delegatee or I don't even know, a person being delegated to, let's say, yeah. an or student? Yeah, I, I think being aware that it's okay to ask questions. Hmm. Um and this is hard, particularly for students and first-year associates, it's okay to say, I don't know what the PPSA is. You know, I think in fairness to the person who's delegating to you, you have to be honest about the limits of your competence so they can fill in the blanks for you or take the task away. You know, it may be that Giving that affidavit of documents to um, a summer student may not be the way to go, or you may want the uh, student in that instance because it's clear to you because they've said to you, like, I'm, I'm a deer in a headlight here. I don't know what the PPSA is. I've never done an affidavit of documents. Um, and what's Sherlock's finding? Um, you may want to uh, say to that student, okay. I've got a clerk here who does this all the time. You're going to work along with my clerk and figure out how to do this. Or I may hopefully have the time to say, all right, let's start by, I want you to look at rule X. I want you to go into the Schmageggy file and take a look at the pleadings and the affidavit of documents that flowed from the pleadings. Um, And the PPSA is a very thin (laughs) piece of legislation, read it, and then get back to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's incumbent on the person who's being delegated to to outline the um, extent of their competence, how much time they've got, if they're not be given a, a, a time uh, due date to say, 
would Friday be okay? And just to say, when can I check in with you? Um, I've never done this before, or I've done it before, but I'm not sure exactly how it looks in this particular uh, file. So uh, when are you available in the next few days that I can check in to show you my progress? And I think if you did that, and, and I think very few people do that, can I check in with you to show you my progress? I think that would be very confidence inspiring to the person who has delegated to you. They know you're on it. They know that you're open for a course correction in the event things aren't going exactly the way you wanted it. I think it lets you sleep at night to know <laughs> that, all right, it, it hasn't fallen off that person's desk and they're very invested in doing this right. And I know they're actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Again, and it goes to the idea, you know, it's the two of you working together to accomplish or achieve a particular goal. Another thing I was thinking about is when we got back to sort of lawyers' reticence to delegate, I've often said to lawyers, well, it's not a question of, um, you know, what can you delegate? It's more like, well, what do you need to do? And mm. what can you get others to to help with? So it, that seems to be a bit of a game changer for people. It's like when you they themselves have a task before them, thinking about, well, what can they like first off as a sort of a just a knee-jerk reaction, what can I delegate? Yeah, I like that very much. I like that very much. Again, there's an upper limit to what one person can do. If you're the person delegating, chances are excellent that your fee is greater than the fees of the people to whom you would delegate. So you're going to be able to, if you come into it with that mindset, which I really like, Shelley, that you're going to be able to turn that file around faster and in a more fee-sensitive way to your clients. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, who knew we could talk about delegation for so long, Deborah? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's something that I don't think people spend time thinking about, but boy, it's part and parcel of what being a good lawyer is about. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes to the heart of so many things, um, you know, and everybody's so concerned about being productive and efficient and, you know, how can I, um, you know, spend uh, or, you know, spend less time, but charge more. Uh, we know all these sort of different, uh, different ideas. Um, so I'm just wondering if there's anything else that, um, you know, we you think would be useful to pass on to listeners on this topic. It feels like we've kind of done a pretty comprehensive um, view of it, but just want to know what you think. The only other point I think I would make is this, and this is uh, more for the more junior lawyers here. Don't delegate something that you don't know how to do yourself. Um, you're not going to be able to give proper instruction. Um, you're not going to be able to answer questions. I think unless and until you have done an affidavit of documents, done due diligence, it's, it's not something you can properly delegate. And, you know, I've heard students and junior lawyers complaining about both of those tasks, but they are going to become senior at some point and people are going to come to them with questions. You can't delegate properly if you don't know how the thing works. So I think that's that's my last point. 
So important. So important. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well said, Deborah. Brilliant. Thank Brilliant. you. As usual. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk more often. I need the strokes. <laughs> oh, and how about you? How can listeners learn more about you and the work that you're doing? If people want to reach out, what is the best place to find you? They can go to my website, DebraGladder.com, or reach out to me directly at info at DebraGladder.com. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for a just delightful and informative and really exhilarating conversation. I really, really appreciate your taking the time to speak with me about this. It's the only time I've ever heard anybody refer to delegation as exhilarating. So you're very <laughs> welcome, Shelley. Have a safe and happy holiday season. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on the XL Legal Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm always looking for topic and guest ideas. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear from you at xllegal.com. That's E-X-E-L-L-E-G-A-L dot com.